I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network, geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. For those of you joining us for the first time, Bad Storytellers is a podcast about a small group of amateur writers who submit and critique each other's work as well as discuss the written media we consume. It's like a book club but with a wider focus. Our group submissions are shared on our website, badstorytellers.com, and you can download them there if you'd like to read along with us. Additionally, we also accept your submissions for critique. If you would like some feedback with the same candor that we give each other, send in your submission to badstorytellers at gmail.com. Entries must be 10 pages or less. Additionally, at the end of each show, we roll the dice, pick three genres, and come up with a movie idea. Once we decide upon a name, we record the trailer for your listening pleasure. Enjoy. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Bad Storytellers, a podcast about a small writing group in Titusville, Florida. I'm Josh LaForge, your host, and with me today is Liam Malone. Hello. And Doug Banks. Hello. Max couldn't make it tonight. We typically start by discussing the media we've consumed in the time between this and our last meeting, and then we move on to our own writing samples. And then at the end, we roll the dice, find three genres of story, talk about how that could be a movie, and then record the trailer. Also, we're now open to submissions. So if you want to submit some of your writing for review, nothing longer than 10 pages, you can write us at badstorytellers at gmail.com. And we'll and, give you our two cents. <laughs> <laughs> give you our two cents. Yeah, I mean, really, it, I'm giving three cents. I mean, it takes a little bit of bravery, but you know, it's it's not. We're not going to steal your idea. I think we talked about that last podcast. Nobody wants to steal your idea. Mm. If and, anything, and, this podcast would prove <laughs> that yeah. it was. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> we're also completely capable of giving minor advice to maybe make it better, which is the whole point of everything. Yeah, we'll talk about it. But also, um, I, I really want to mention this at the beginning and the end. You guys may not have any idea how important it is, but if you rate and review us on iTunes, it really helps us gain exposure uh, in ways that I don't even understand the algorithm, how it works. But we've only had two reviews, and it's increased our iTunes exposure immensely. So if you guys are listening and you have an iTunes subscription, please subscribe and just leave us a comment on there or a rating or both. You know, it, 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 If you could do that for us, we'd really appreciate it. So our show today, we have a couple of retractions. As always. There are two, and then I have a note. The actor cast to play Shadow in American Gods is Ricky Whittle. And the cartoon that Max watched was not called Border Patrol. It's called Border Town. It takes place in Mexifornia, and it's made by Seth MacFarlane. Oh, okay. okay. All right. But it doesn't look like a – it's not in the Family Guy style. style like American Dad or The Cleveland Show. And uh, a <laughs> funny story, my uh, partner – she confirmed to me that Shaq is absolutely a police officer because her friend worked on his car that they had to install police lights in. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So let's talk about uh, the media we've consumed. What about, what about you guys? Uh, I've been watching Foil's War, which is a British like, detective story that takes place during World War II. 
and it's really interesting mainly because of the the context of the war around whatever's going on. We're like in 1939, America hasn't entered the war and the Soviet Union isn't fighting Germany yet. So it's just Britain uh, and Germany duking it out completely over British airspace and everyone's terrified and they think they're going to lose. Oh, geez. And there's just a lot of great references to like the British fascist party that I didn't know was a thing. So it's one of those shows where huh. I, I will watch it and then I will go immediately go online and be like, was this based on real stuff? What is the information about it? I could see that be- becoming a real thing, especially when you're being bombed constantly. Like, you know, hey, if we had fascism, we'd, <laughs> we'd build more oh, no. planes. <laughs> I started reading on it. It's way older. And in 1936, there was a march through, I forget what district it was, but it was a mostly Jewish mostly poor and there was a big anarchist group there and they just huh. they straight up fought in the streets that's crazy it's hard to think that well i mean fascism is as about as opposite of anarchy as you can get but because germany billed themselves as socialists yes so the british fascists must have seen themselves as something completely different they, they just really did not like minorities <laughs> like super hard how does that work they were like no 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 the british empire rules other people and they they don't belong here oh man what about you doug um i saw deadpool um it was good i liked it not much i can say about it. it hasn't already been said um it's just that it surprised me with how much i actually liked it it didn't like i wasn't like oh my god i love this but i was just like i was like oh wow that was good yeah. like that like stuck the landing that was nice much much sweeter than you'd expect yeah 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 and less uh, gory. I thought it was gonna be gorier, but it was actually, you know, yeah. uh, it's very bloody. Yeah, but not not. It wasn't gore. Aside from that, I started watching the new Nickelodeon Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles CG show. That's. I mean, it's not new anymore. It's like three years old at this point. But I started watching that, and from the beginning, just because I, you know, I'm a Turtles fan, and I'm just curious, like, how are they handling it? And I'd heard good things, and it is good. I would recommend it if you're a fan of the original Turtles. Uh, this is better than the original Turtles because the original Turtles. Wasn't that great? It is really like, silly. It's very yeah, silly. It didn't, I like the silliness. It is. It's very silly, but it didn't age very well. This mm-hmm. this definitely has care put into the story, and it's written by people who liked the originals. And I don't know. So I, I would definitely check it. It's probably the best thing to happen to Turtles since the first movie. What about that? What about the movie with the, all the crossovers? The turtles and the, the turtles forever. Yeah, that one was that was really good. Not you mentioned. I don't remember when did that come out. Did that come out before this reboot cartoon? It must have because I was wrapping up like the end of the previous traditional cartoon, not the CG stuff. So, so yeah. Um, Are you watching the CG one? Is that yeah? The one I, that's oh, the one I am okay. watching. Yeah, yeah. I watch. I watched the TMNT movie. That one. Yeah, the movie was okay. Wasn't the, yeah, I wasn't the, a big fan of April O'Neil now being like, now I'm a fighter too. It's like you're a reporter. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, this, the, the new the new cartoon, uh, the TV CG cartoon, uh, they're all 15 years old. Like the turtles are 15, April's 15, and, oh. and like her dad is like plays a scientist that the Krang kidnap, and they want him to do stuff. And you can see like they're just planting the seeds for like they're not yet the turtles that we knew, but like they're they're on their way there, and their personalities are perfect like they're right down to how they should be april she's still growing as a character not a lot has happened yet i'm only a little bit into it but like mm. she's um going to undergo a little bit of training by splinter because she's being like at first they were like you stay here in the sewer while we go and try to save your dad she's like i'm stuck here what the hell i'm useless like i i, I can't be useless and splinter's like what if i teach you a few things this way if the foot show up you can protect yourself and she's like okay so it's not like you're gonna go be a ninja you know it's like I guess it's going they, in an interesting direction. If she's 15, she's not a reporter anymore. Exactly. So you've yeah. got to find something to do with it. Exactly. Yeah. You can be 15 and a reporter. Yeah. Well, you can be 15 and a blogger and a very famous one. Yes. She she is 
internet savvy, but she's not like a blogger or anything like that. But she's she's just 15 years old and she's in early ninja training. <laughs> I don't know why it bugs me so much. It's just like, come on, can't just somebody be a reporter? <laughs> like, well, I'm sure she will be eventually, but K- it's just it hasn't K- yet to Casey, get to that point. <laughs> Casey Jones is going to be a reporter now. <laughs> God, I love Casey Jones. I, I love him too. It's so silly. They, they have they have him. a lot of great jokes about what they see on TV, and uh, I can't remember the name. But there's there's a, there's gonna, a news he's anchor. He's going to be her 21 year old uh, creepy creepy boyfriend. boyfriend. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 they haven't brought Casey Jones on yet. But like, but the na- main news anchor, I can't remember his name. But he's just like you have to get find the retraction for next week. But like, it was the most hilarious name. It's this black guy with like a Conan O'Brien hairdo. And he's just like it's the longest name ever, but it's like it's like oh, they really like diversity at that news station. It was like <laughs> all in one human was what it was. It was it's it's hilarious. And then Leonardo's favorite show is like Space Heroes. It is literally directly making fun of the Star Trek animated series, oh, like awesome, like filmation, awesome. like like the same angles. It's like this, and every time you see a clip of it that Leonardo's watching, it's something you've already seen a million times before, just looped over with different sounds. So That's too funny. It's uh, but I, I'm enjoying it. Uh, as for me, I haven't really finished anything. I've, I've been watching more X-Files and Star Trek. And you're right. Once season four starts of Deep Space Nine, it's great. Uh, Worf is great awesome. Great or just better? It's very fun and okay. good. And the Klingon Empire shows up in a big way right away. And Worf is awesome. And Worf is the Worf, best he's been. Worf gets to be Worf. He gets to be more Worf than he did on Next Gen. Because Picard would always tell him no. Exactly. <laughs> well, plus because he's, he's coming on like as a favor mm-hmm. because they, they, they genuinely need Worf in more than just his capacity as an officer. They need him specifically because of his connections to Gowron and the Klingon Empire. So he and, and his ability to know the like the culture is like, they're doing this. What does this mean, Worf? Yeah, right. Immediately, he's, he's their link to it. So he's a lot more agency in this than he had in Next Gen, which mm-hmm. is great. It, it's really good. And, and I think a, a more subtle character because it's not fire all the lasers all the time. He's like, yeah. here, are the, here are my the seven things we could do. Also, one of those is fire all the lasers, and he's and he's really good. He's not. I would you wouldn't call him good with diplomacy, but he has a lot of insights you don't expect, and especially when it comes to to Galron. <laughs> do they do they ever address the plot thread that they never wrapped up uh, on Next Gen between him and Diana? Is he like? Is there like an offhand comment where it's just like, not oh, yet. I had to move on because things weren't working out, or not is yet. it like not yet? Hmm. They haven't. Um, but it's good. I thought they implied that like maybe that's why he left the Enterprise. No. Mm-hmm. At least I didn't get I didn't get that at all from that. I mean, they may do that later, but not not yet. That's it for me. But today I want to talk about first. We all saw the Ghostbusters trailer. Yes. All right now, I think in, full, in the interest of full disclosure, Doug is a Ghostmaster. <laughs> <laughs> Doug's Doug's a, basically a DM of a Ghostbusters Actual RPG play. podcast. He's, he's edited podcast. the new version of Topin Spirit Guide. Right, exactly. If you want to, if you want to tune in and hear that, you can find it on nerdyshow.com. I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. So uh, clearly, I have a lot of opinions. Yeah, let's hear it. What, what do you yeah. got to say about well, the I, Ghostbusters trailer? In a nutshell, I think the movie could still be cool, but the trailer was weak. Like, I think the I, I feel like it was trying to play up nostalgia a lot to, and like lowest common denominator humor and it reminded me a lot of the Jurassic World teaser that came out if you remember it's just like we'll play the piano one note theme 
right. you know, to sort of, and then like a lot of fade to black, and a lot, it just it just it suffered from a lot of the modern trailer tropes that I already don't like, regardless of what movie's being advertised. I, I had a lot of problems with it for the movie that it's advertising. Like I, I not not that I, I have anything to say about the movie, but I just feel like I don't know what I'm getting into at all. Right. Like I have no idea. That's the other thing. It was very if, for <laughs> for a trailer that tries to play things by the numbers. It was also confusing to a lot of people. Like I like because I'm quote unquote on the inside. <laughs> I I I do know that it is in fact a reboot. Paul Feig, the director, has mentioned how that they're starting from scratch. This isn't going to be like unless he's literally lying to everybody. And the twist is that when you go see it, it's in the same universe. He's like literally saying out loud, "This is reboot." He doesn't know how to have a story that takes place in that same universe where thirty years of ghosts have been running around, but no one's done anything. Yeah, I, I, that's that's the problem because the trailer seems to say right. that it's in that universe, right. and then immediately. Everybody has to start from scratch. Right. And also, like, one of the things that's strange is they, they talk about Holtzman, which is the female Egon, basically. And, yeah. And she has one line, and it's about a hat. But they're like, you're a genius engineer. It's like, does she have no funny lines in this whole movie? I, like, what's yeah. going on? But, like, but the weirdest part is I also felt connected to her more as a character through her physicality in mm-hmm. all of the scenes than anyone else. See, I, I hate already picking apart the nuance because it's just a – it's just a shitty trailer. Like, yeah, like the I movie. Mean, it's confusing. The, yeah, the, the, the person who has the most lines is Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy, and then right after that is it's all 100 percent exposition. And but I mean, that's what most movie trailers are like nowadays. Like the, yeah. the movie trailers today kind of suck. Like every time Christopher Nolan makes a movie and he reinvents a trailer, everybody copies it. It's true. Like 100%. like with Dark Knight, and then with Inception, and it's like uh, what, even Interstellar a little bit. Like yeah. I mean, the uh, I don't know, man. The problem is that he gets across the theme. And the basic premise of the movie. And emotion. Of, yeah, in you know. each one of those trailers. Whereas in, in the new Ghostbusters trailer, I'm like, okay, well, what is What is the tone of this movie? Yeah, because of my experience watching films before, I'm pretty sure that almost none of this is going to be in the movie, especially none of the jokes. As with comedy trailers especially, there will be jokes in the trailer that they cut out, leave on the cutting room floor. Because like, oh, we, we got to lose 10 minutes of runtime. You know what? Uh, we got to cut that out. Th- there's jokes they record just for the trailer. Yeah. Yeah, like that's that's common now too. So, so, so the trailer for me is not is no longer a measurement of whether the movie's good. Because I mean, I there's every, a, there's everyone a disconnect. here, everyone here has a has a story about seeing a trailer that looked like crap, and then the movie was amazing. Yeah, and a trailer that looked amazing, and the movie was crap. and and because it's it's depending on the movie. The people who make the trailer are not necessarily the people who made the movie. They're right. Definitely. Oh, no, definitely not. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe that's a huge problem. Yeah. Expecting someone to sell your product that you made that is your baby, maybe it's a good idea to get a little bit of a disconnect in someone who's like, I know what's important about this movie. Or maybe you have, like, the person whose job it is to sell it. Yeah. Go to the people who made it. Yeah. And have it, and, and, <laughs> so or just like, even have a it conversation. Needs, it needs what's to important do these in this? Yeah. yeah. What's important in this movie? And it, 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 yeah, it feels but, like. But it didn't I think work. I think like the editor and director are too busy making a final cut of the movie to, to release yeah, a teaser or yeah, trailer that's right, you know yeah. eight months prior. So they, it's kind of a necessary evil. But I think the pro- again, my my whole problem, the movie could be great. I still have uh, like all the hope in the world and well wishes for the movie, and I want it to be good. But this trailer, like many trailers before it, to me didn't advertise the movie well because it, it was just seemed like a bunch numbers. of different 
disconnected images. Like it's yeah. like they've got guns, and there's this like it, is Melissa McCarthy punching a ghost or yeah. shooting it? Yeah, both. Yeah, you know? okay. And, 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 and then the, the I, but I like glory shot the of the Ecto one. You know, and everyone has got a, everyone has a moment where they mug for the camera. Yeah, you know, and it's like, all right, I get it, but it. And, and another thing that confused me because I don't like I said I don't know whether or not it takes place in this universe. Like the, the original universe, or if it's a reboot, because if it's a reboot, why like why even mention the previous? You know, yeah, but, but also, but also, like it, it, it makes it more confusing because now it's like they get they have to get a hearse for some reason. It's like it's a Cadillac, but it's like the nicest eighty or even what seventy. I think it's an eighty. I think it's an eighty. It's one. beautiful. I mean, like yeah. like pristine, and it didn't matter in the original movie that it that it was a hearse. It mattered that it was a piece, it was a piece of, of junk. Shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's to, like, it had to replace everything. And he paid like, way too much for it. Yeah. And and that's why the joke is is like he sees it and it's just like everyone can relax. I found the car and you're like this, you know, like this yeah, thing. Exactly. And, and there was the he same goes, oh, joke. Oh, it's, with oh, the it's fire a great house. deal. Yeah, yeah, it's a great deal. We just need shock suspensions, rewiring, uh, transmission. You know, like listen to all these things. And Bill Murray's like, "What did you pay for this?" And he's like, "Only forty eight hundred. And if you do the math, that's a lot of money. Yeah, you know, for a piece way of crap. too much money. I don't know. It seems like it's trying to hit certain marks that the audience doesn't think, like, won't think is important. Right. Well, like the physical slapstick humor which made it the movie may not even be a slapstick kind of movie it may have that one joke but they put that in the trailer because it's visual and it's easy to understand yeah. anybody can get it you know and i just you know I, i'm tired of the modern trailer i, I want i want something new and different my bit my, my biggest fear for the movie this doesn't have to do with the trailer but my biggest fear for the movie is that it's just a remake of the first film yeah and i i want something different my problem with star trek into darkness was just more old crap filtered through the new filter you know i want something new i want a new experience i want new villains i want new heroes i want new equipment i don't know man like uh and the, i i like the equipment but one of the things that i think has hamstrung this trailer from the beginning is what i really loved about the original ghostbusters wasn't even the visuals or how funny the ghost could be the little moments in between of the four characters right yeah that's... sold that movie to me and yeah. made that movie as great and there's a little bit of that in this trailer and that's, like when it's like, yeah. let's go. Oh, you thought I thought. Okay, yeah. Was, yeah. Like like but, that. If the whole movie's moments like that, yeah, I'm in it. That's also what's going to make or break the movie mm. for me. Like if I one, if the chemistry is good between the actresses, which they've done other movies, I'm mm-hmm. sure they can do it. It wasn't written well enough to to move forward. Yeah, there, I mean, and there's a couple things that are new to Ghostbusters that I was like, oh, this could be fun. Like when her head starts spinning around and being possessed and, and stuff. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. like, oh, that could be that could be a good time. I don't know. I I'm have like I said. I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The, mo- I, I, feel, the movie... I feel like I have to hold all judgment because I'm right. like that trailer. I have to throw it out. Like, yeah, I, you know, I, that, it's that's too disa- confusing. That's the disappointing thing is that I feel like the trailer is pretty much useless to me. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, but I still, but again, like I'm sounding kind of pessimistic, but I, I genuinely do think the movie stands a decent chance, you know. Of, of well, like of being let's fun. look at okay, when Star Wars Episode Seven was about to be released, they released the teaser, and mm-hmm. it only had a few shots, but the job of that teaser was very specific, yeah, and it was to excite people who were already Star Wars fans, exactly, by, <laughs> by showing you. The, what everything looks here's like. Here's a new droid. There's a stormtrooper. There's exactly. a falcon. You know, here, yeah. here's Ren coming down the thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. Look how look the Millennium Falcon's back. It's going through this this desert planet. Yeah. You know, in a in a Tie fighters. You know, things are dirty. It has yeah. a specific look. It did it did that job with just those disconnected images. And then when the actual trailer came out, it was even better because because it actually it didn't really give you the plot of the movie. It didn't, but it told you tone. It showed mm. you who the main characters were and that this is going to be a fun action adventure, which is exactly what it was. And I feel like Ghostbusters has a problem where I don't even know what kind of comedy it's going to be. Right. Because there's the awkward humor. 
Yeah. And then there's like – plus, I mean, again, the trailer just does these tropes where it's like it will even – we'll stop the music so you can hear the punchline several yeah. times. I can't think of the last time I saw a trailer for a comedy that had the bomb fade to black, <laughs> you know, and yeah. the dubstep remix. It's like is this an action film or is this a comedy? But every freaking comedy trailer nowadays has the – it's the modern day equivalent of the record scratch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but instead it just cuts out to a dead stop entirely because that's even more awkward, you know. Mm-hmm. And then it's like complete silence. What's like, oh my god, you didn't just say that, did you? You know, like that kind yeah. of humor. And, and did that several times. It's like, oh, it's the hat, isn't it? Yeah, and then, yeah, and then, yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, oh, let's go. Yeah. And then it's oh, it's a class four apparition, and, blah, and it's like that. That got everywhere in every crack. You know, like mm-hmm. it's it's the same. Same and what, what I noticed about that scene too, I'm like, you know what? She's probably saying that about something else. Maybe you know, because like, yeah. this is where, where is she? All now? out of context. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have no. And there's context. even shots where they're in the original firehouse. Yeah, like they're inside it's, the it's firehouse. Just, I yeah. guess. I guess what we're trying to say is confusing. Yeah. Like, like yeah, yeah, if yeah. you're a fan of Ghostbusters, it's, if it's confusing. If if you've never heard of Ghostbusters and it's the first trailer you see, I'm not sure how it's possible. But could be a kid. I I, I still don't understand. I don't think you're getting sold the movie very well. Yeah, I think the movie is being misrepresented. Yeah, I hope it's better than than that. I hope it's good. Yeah. Well, I'm sure the movie can represent itself on its own merits. You know, that's let's hope so. so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I also want to talk about plot holes. Mm-hmm. This is yes. Liam's idea. Um, so Liam, why don't you lead, lead us? All up? right. So I'm going to bring up a plot hole. The, the, my first example is one that the movie completely gets away with it even though it makes a direct reference to why it can't be possible. It's in the original Jurassic Park. And when you see the T-Rex for the first time, when it steps, it's so loud. It causes the ripples in the water and this huge deal. And then the T-Rex comes back at the end and sneaks up on everybody and a bunch of raptors. Yeah. In a building that has no door large enough for it to enter. There is a door behind it because <clears throat> the buildings have completed. It's like a, it's like a low end. Yeah, lab, because right I'm a there. super stupid nerd, I have like gone through like on Blu-ray to feel like, is there a way? And there is a way. It has to stoop in to come in. It is there. But I can tell you the answer right now as to why it was there. They wanted the T-Rex to come back. Yeah, because at the end, originally the ending was they're escaping yeah. the raptors. The dinosaur bones fall on it and kill the raptors. Oh. So it was like metaphorical T-Rex bones killing the raptors. But Spielberg was like, you know what? We got to see that yeah, T-Rex not, one more that's time. That's not as fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, so, but I'm going to talk about it because it's a plot hole because it doesn't make any sense based on what you know about the T-Rex. It, it breaks the, the rules that are set up but originally. it's so gratifying and feels so good. Your brain is like, don't even think. Yeah, about I don't it. care. Of course, don't even I can give. I can give you a, a plausible explanation. I don't need one. I'm gonna give it to you anyway. The T Rex, because there are other times. Because you say when the T Rex is approaching, you feel the tremors. But other times in the movie, you don't feel the tremors, or it's not really noticeable. In theory, could it be that when you don't feel the tremors, it's because the T Rex is hunting you, and it's being sneaky on purpose? Maybe, but hmm. it, it. But that's never. Expl- Grant says, you yeah. know, it's, he wants to hunt. Don't you understand? But you it's know. still, it's still never, it's never explained right, directly right, to the right. audience. But that's for me. That's an example of getting away with it by one, knowing what the audience wants, and two, realizing that that's not important that moment. Right. I got, I got another example of that. But go ahead. Now I'm going to bring up Jurassic World. Oh boy. <laughs> I, I full disclosure, I've not seen this movie. There's a moment. Where there's a lady wearing high heels and Chris Pratt's like, you can't wear those shoes. They're not practical for going through the jungle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they even make mention of it. She's like, fine, I'll take them off. And then when she goes to the T-Rex cage to let it out, they do a half a second close-up on just her feet for a split second, two steps, and then cut back and she's outrunning a T-Rex. <laughs> and I'm like, the whole time I'm like, I wouldn't say that's a plot hole. Fuck? It's a weird it's editing just, choice. It's a, 
It's a poor it's, everything choice. Uh, it's a poor writing choice, poor editing choice. But whatever, man. You know, that's it, like it's something that is to me. It was distracting to the story. Right. You know. You know what the you've brought up plot holes in Jurassic Park. Here's an even bigger plot hole that never gets addressed because it doesn't fucking matter. But where do they get the blood for the dinosaurs? Amber. Right. They're from the, mosquitoes trapped in amber. Uh, so that's where they get the DNA to recreate dinosaurs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where do they get the DNA to recreate those extinct plants? Amber. Would it, would, it, would it last? If, if, you had, if, you had, if you had the it plant. It would last as well as a mosquito, uh, the blood in a mosquito. They just never explained. Also, it's just never, it's, here's, here's another one in Jurassic World. There's a point where the owner of InGen goes to a scientist and he's like, what's in that dinosaur? And he goes, I can't tell you. It's classified. And at no point do the guy goes like, I'm your fucking boss. Yeah. <laughs> I own this company. Yeah. No, it's true. Dude, that movie's so flawed. I don't even want to go into it. We could do a whole episode dissecting that autopsy on it, that film. In The Dark Knight. I would love to do uh-huh. that, by the way. The Joker shows up at the party. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He's yeah. like, I want Harvey Dent. Yeah. And he goes around looking for people and it's Bruce Wayne's party. Bruce Wayne turns into Batman. Saves the girl out the window. They're mm-hmm. on the car like, well, that was terrible. And then go, what What happened at the party? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, and more the Joker like, just like, it's like, uh, I guess he he left. I'm going to go. <laughs> like, I don't understand <laughs> what, what, what happened. That really bug. Like, I never thought about it when I was watching it. A friend brought it up, and now it bugs the hell out of me. Because it's like, it's like you think, all right, well, the Batman's taken care of. Uh Where's Harvey? You know, because you're like, yeah. like, check, check the, check the bedroom. You know, like he would like, cause, cause Bruce Wayne also, does just put also, him in a stock room, you know, also, like in the back, you know. Also, where's Bruce Wayne? He's gone now. Well, they know that he went to, that those people know that he went to the panic room. Yeah, exactly. What yeah, they thought yeah, was a panic room. And, uh, which is a cool, I think it's a cool moment. And then again, you could, you could argue that at that moment, because Joker does say, you know, for a while, I thought you were Harvey Dent, especially the way you threw yourself after her. So maybe he thought, well, there goes Dent, you know, so like he's going to, you know. Maybe. So I could, But yeah, but still. Never explained. But still, the point of the scene was that when the Joker shows up at your party, it's really scary. Yeah. But yeah. you know what? No, it, no it's fine. The, and that, that, <laughs> that plot hole could have been fixed with one shot where after he lands on the car, he's like, are you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm fine. And then she just cut back up to Joker looking go, at the one going, go, get him. You're just going, hmm. All right, we're out of here. And just like yeah, you know, exactly. like just Anything. just do that, and it would have it would have been perfect. It's ending. true. You know, it's yeah. true. Or just fun party. Yeah, oh, fun party, and then smashes a drink out of someone's hand. You know, I don't know anything. You guys like, are talking about Jurassic World, though. It made me think of Star Trek Into Darkness. Uh, oh boy! <laughs> is it a plot hole when the whole movie is shitty? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. The, the, the movie is shitty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of plot holes. It's a shitty movie. Everybody talks about the blood. Like you know, oh blood. Yeah. Well, first of all. Everybody's like, oh, well, this is going to be a problem for future movies because anytime anybody gets sick, you can just get Khan's blood. But it's not even really the problem is why do they need Khan's blood in that movie when they have 46 other frozen dudes? Yeah, in the in the, in the the loading bay. Yeah, who, they have it, yeah. For all intents and purposes have been suggested to be just like Khan. They don't – but they don't know that. Also. They don't know that they're all superhuman, do How they? How long would it take to find out? Uh, yeah, I, no, you're right. I mean <laughs> it's, it's, it's still bad. It's still a poor excuse. Also, that's not the only can't one. Either. They, no. Can't they synthesize stuff in this universe? No, they don't have. Uh, they don't have uh, replicators. replicators. <laughs> not replicators, but if you have someone's blood, they have. I have super, no idea. They super I have no idea. He had, I'm no, just saying. Dude, how does that, that not? The, how no. does that not immediately advance medical technology? 
150 it's years. Dude, screw medical overnight. technology because they have a prototype for a device that allows you to transport through outer space. Oh, yeah. it's he's true. got a, a making, box. Making he's got a, most ships yeah, he's irrelevant. Got, he's got a box the size of a speaker amp and it's just like he's got it in the shuttlecraft with him. It's a briefcase size pretty much and then it's just like, all right, he hits the button and then he's on Kronos. Like he's on the Klingon homeworld to, to a across place, the galaxy. To a place where they definitely don't have a signal to pick it yeah. up. Nobody, nobody, no more starships. We well, have was, people. Wasn't like, the point that he had a receiver on that planet? Do I even if he did, no, I'm just, I'm just thinking because like you would, you would only need star starships for one transmission. Trip. Yeah, yeah. They would, they would go nobody there. Nobody would ever get a in a starship. We're done. Send a drone through space, land, boom. There it is. Nobody would ever get in a starship. Yeah, they're, they're, it's, it's super no. dangerous. <laughs> it's yeah. terrible. Yeah, but uh, awful. That, that's not even my <laughs> biggest one. My biggest one is that if Khan's so dangerous, how come Spock can fight him one to one? Yeah. So the the way you beat Khan is it's a just, fist fight. Is just no two Vulcans. Yeah. Just get two. Of them. Or no, a yeah. Vulcan and anyone else. Yeah. Who can fight? Okay. Well, that's what happened in the movie. It just didn't seem like that big of a deal. He, he's two Vulcans versus. Khan. He kills yeah. twenty Klingons. I know twenty Klingons. And then, but one Vulcan can he stand toe to toe with him? Yeah. So I, I don't I don't see why this guy is such a huge problem. Well, I guess one really mad Vulcan would be as dangerous as Khan is what they're trying to say. Yeah, and also he was yeah he was raging, raging hard. That's like you know couldn't like in the Terminator couldn't if they just sent back two Terminators on the same mission, you're kind of screwed. Yeah, like well you have to think they think that mission's going to be really easy, right? Because they don't know about the resistance. Also, well, they, the, well, the, also, it was a, it was it was a hail mary pass. That was like right. a last the ditch time. Effort. And, and, and the they time sent, device and they did send two, in the original. There's a deleted scene. They did send two humans to protect. To protect. But, yeah. but I'm talking about two Skynet. It's like, all right, we sent one Terminator, you know, they did, they, Systems Model 101. They sent Arnold's model back, and it didn't work. And it's like, hmm, this time we're going to send two of that same model. You know, like – that. Well, no, because they – okay, they don't know why it failed. True. That's but, that's know. a thing. And then you think, well, they did send another one, but they sent it at a different point the in his prototype, life. prototype, yeah, yeah. Because hopefully that would work that time. Yeah, yeah. So, so you have to think they don't really know why it didn't succeed. And also if, yeah, you, if you send a second one even later – the second one could be the thing that interferes with the first yeah. because you're doing time travel yeah, you don't, and things you don't interact. know if you're the one who screwed it up. Yeah. yeah. Um, Either way. And, just... and also they, they completely explain where the, the timed machine, they capture it right after it's sent. Right. And then immediately send Kyle. Yeah, they they yeah, might have yeah. been able – they were like, we're just going to throw all the robots we have into the pa- – oh, shit, they're here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Kyle was just like, oh, it was smashed. It was destroyed. They didn't stand a chance. We'd already won the war. That was the point. Like, the war was over. They had just yeah. won, and Skynet panicked and, you know, sent uh, sent those things. But anyway. I think it's pretty solid. I think yeah. it's a solid film. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of other holes in it. It's just like, wait a minute. Kyle being sent back, and if he wasn't – when did the when did the thread begin? Like, who was John Connor's original dad? That's not a hole, though. That's just, that's that's just something loop. you're yeah. wondering about. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. – you know, but, but they dismiss it by having her be like, oh, then, you know what? A person go crazy no. thinking about it. It's not worth thinking about. And, then they, and then they ruined it because now John Connors is a Terminator. Don't, I'm not talking about the new movie. Oh, God. It's so I'm bad. Not, I, don't, I, don't, I, I haven't it's seen so it. It's so bad. We want to talk about time travel plot holes. Looper. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. yeah As a few of them. Uh, it, in one of them. But I think it's a, it's a, that one's a little more self-aware of its plot holes, and it actually tells you what it was like. Yeah, but that's not. Don't. Don't think about it. That's totally cheating. Like, it's cheating to just be like, the mechanics don't work in this universe. Don't worry about it. You're cheating. <laughs> it's, I think it's better than ignoring it. Maybe. I don't know, because the, the ending is, is a big problem, is a big paradox. But I think the more egregious one is, this, is the scene that may have been the inspiration for this film, is when 
they've got the young version of this guy captured and the older version of him is running away. So they start torturing the young one and that guy starts losing limbs while he's running and like things start appearing carved into his skin while he's doing it. He's like, oh my God, how'd this get here? Oh, they're, they're doing That's these horrible things. That's, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Because how would you even get to that point? Yeah, and you're like, that. I don't know how this happened. Like, but I think that's. I, I, want, I want more plot holes that you eventually notice and still just work because you can ignore them because the, the payoff is worth it. And you understand that it's not that they put it in there because they didn't understand the plot. They're like, oh, this is worth bending the rules. Well, the, the most, obviously, the most famous one is why didn't the Eagles just take the Ring yeah. of Mordor? Because <laughs> there wouldn't be a story. Right. That's why. I just uh, I was looking up other movie plot holes online, and there's one that I realized. But you you haven't seen Avatar, right? No. Avatar, they have the technology to put your brain. You're you're sitting in a, comfortably in safety, and, they, and you through your brain you can control like a living organism. Mm-hmm. How come at the end, every person in the military is physically in their ship or in their suit? Couldn't yeah. they just be back at base flying a drone like how we do today? It's like no. it's like it kind of it kind of ruins the end of the movie when it's like oh you know what if one spear gets through that windshield and the air escapes and then that entire plane dead. goes down they're dead wouldn't it have been better if it was just a drone you know or, or why didn't tactical strike from orbit why does it have to be this way well we got to nuke it from I've orbit. only seen a few scenes it's only of Avatar, be sure but I know the a lot of the robots are human shaped right yeah, Ish, we, we, yeah like yeah, mech warrior they, yeah. well they've got hands and stuff yeah 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 it might be because they can be they're multi purpose and you really want a human pilot if you're going onto an alien planet you're wanting to do research and work and stuff like that so they're like oh well we'll make a gun that this thing can hold and it could shoot as well maybe it wasn't meant to be a military wep- maybe weapon it's both. Maybe, maybe it's, it's a both. loader and a, an assault craft even yeah. okay fair fair point but even then why don't they just they're talking about a shock and awe campaign why don't they just scorch earth you know aerial strike aerial bombardment like why because resources you could use the resources what resources? The resources is a the mineral. The resources is the mineral. The yeah. whole reason there is to dig the mineral out of the ground. Right. Well, I mean, but there's a whole forest full of animals that might be edible. They've proven that they do not give two shits yeah. about okay. anything yeah, else. I didn't, yeah, I didn't yeah. see it. I'm I know, just, yeah. I'm playing it's devil's like, advocate. It's like, and it's like, oh, we're going to drop a fi- – the whole f- f- finale is they're going to drop a big bomb like on the tree and How kill everyone. How is that not the first thing they did? But also, not only that, why are they flying at a low enough level where they can – you know, like, like why, don't, why don't they literally do it from space? Drop the bomb from space. Like, we can launch a missile – Today we can launch a missile from the other side of the planet. Why don't they just do that? Yeah, they're not gonna. They're not gonna stop it with a spear. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, you can't stop a bomb that's dropping. But only Iron I don't Man know, can man. stop. Whatever. It. Well, flawed. well, no. If they didn't care, then why did they send an emissary to go deal with them? It's a long ass story. That does. It's there's so many plot holes. That, okay. That's the great. That's the great, great question. It's like, oh, we wanted to get them to move peacefully and learn about them, but at the end of the day, the corporation was like, you know what? Just screw them. Just get the mineral. Well, we're gonna have to shoot them. Yeah, that's fine. Go ahead, shoot them. You know, it, and it. it Dude, there's so many problems with that movie. Okay. It's like, so, again, we could do a whole episode about that. <laughs> I would love to do bad storytellers shit on things. The, like, <laughs> the, be, mean, the, mean, the yeah. mean version of this Just part. every yeah, once yeah, yeah. in a while, we're like, a thing that I hate, and you just bring to the table your presentation of, like, I hate this Here's thing. Here's what I hate. I think mine would have been Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah. As so I could yeah. go on for my, another mine hour would, about mine would, my, The first one for me would be Jurassic World without any. Like, yeah, we could any see. Qu- I felt insulted sitting in the movie theater. <laughs> Like I didn't feel insulted watching Into Darkness because it felt like somebody who made it really cared. I just I had so many questions that I thought this this really could have used somebody who wasn't intimidated by J.J. Abrams to be like, hey, hang on, like no, 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 this doesn't make sense. You gotta you, you just need to redo this. You need to re, you need to rethink this part because especially also recast Khan. 
I just think just, that, just, just don't call him Khan. Yeah, we're just, no, yeah, that would have said that would solve everything for you. But we should just do. We should save it for a future episode where it'll just be bad storytellers bitch about blank. <laughs> <laughs> just like I think. I think my my biggest problem, the one because I can forgive plot holes in movies. I'm I I'm fine with it. I can forgive them all, as long as I'm having fun in the movie. Yeah. The one mistake of that movie that just in theaters I was like, what? Like I just lost it. Was. Kirk is in the radiation tube. Yes. Mm -hmm. Kirk is dying, and they're trying to recreate the scene from Wrath Wrath of Khan, where Spock is the one dying in the radiation tube, and Spock puts his hand up against the glass in the live live long and prosper to Kirk, who's outside, who's going to live. In in this one, because they tried to flip it, Kirk is dying, and he puts his hand against the glass, and he's like, I'm dying, and Spock goes down and puts his hand against the glass, up, up against Kirk's. And like, oh, okay, this is this moment. That's fine. But then Spock makes the live long and prosper sign with his like hand. Big, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm dying, you dick. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not gonna live yeah. long and prosper. <laughs> I'm in this tube dying in front of your eyes. Yeah. yeah I, that, that's what drove me nuts. Spock's supposed to be the cold, logical one. But in every movie so far, I mean, there's only two. He's the most emotional character. He's the, the most emotional character because he, he loses his shit. He's barely got it contained. It's, yeah. It's, it's, and it's, then he does it because he, he screams, yeah. you know, whatever. And that, and that was a big moment that worked in the first one because he was trying to prove that he was emotionally compromised and couldn't. Right, um, that was a story point. It was a story point. Yeah. And also, he just watched his homeworld be destroyed, which yeah. is a thing that yeah. most yeah. individuals... Again, story point. Yeah, most individuals will never see that. Yeah. Anyway, we got, we got, to, <laughs> yeah. we got to save this yeah. for some kind of... I want to I wanna shit on more stuff. so I do, gratifying you like, you like to being me mean. I'm not, I'm not really uh, big into being mean, but... Uh, but it could be fun. It could. It could. If you were a gaffer on that movie, you probably did a really good job. It could be fun. Oh, dude, the lighting. Yeah. Oh sure. my god, no. The production, costume great. design. Oh yeah. Special effects Spot were good. On. You know what could be fun is to take both points, like things you liked about this film, and then somebody, just literally everything someone could hate, and we'll make it a fictionalized version of ourselves. Yeah. Ranting about uh, about the, all these horrible because like you'd be like that is fucking hair, <laughs> <laughs> and just really get into it. The makeup. (laughs) Everyone looks beautiful in that movie. What are you talking about? All right. Well, on to our own shitty work. Yes. The shitty stuff full of plot holes that we write. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, if if J.J. Abrams were here, I'd be like, dude, what the fuck? But with Liam's like, you know, I think you guys just got to work on that, you know? J.J. Abrams Abrams would open my little booklet that I printed out of my work, take a shit in it, and close it. He probably wouldn't. He seems pretty nice. <laughs> but the uh, he'd have every right to is what we're trying to say. Yeah, he'd have every right to. <laughs> no, I think I I believe he has thicker skin than that. And you'd be like, yeah, I could have done better. It just seems yeah. like that's a gangster move. Like you'd you'd pull that move. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You'd be like, yeah, you know what? You want to take a guess on how much money Into Darkness made for me? I used that money to open six schools in underprivileged districts. <laughs> <laughs> you dick. <laughs> so, all right. I donated under Leonard Nimoy's name. Like... <laughs> That man was my hero, and you made fun of him for being in my movie. <laughs> well, all right, so let's get uh, – so Doug and I turned in things this week. Uh, Liam turned in a project for a tabletop game. Yeah. And that's something that we're going to try. We're going to record after this episode and maybe release it as a separate thing uh, where we actually get into tabletop a little bit. But it's not as directed to – our kind of storytelling and critique and stuff like that. We're actually talking about tabletop gaming systems. So we're going to see... Although, what... this is the world where my goblin story takes place. Cool. Like, I, I is, think that's a is, cool idea. It, I, is I, that, I, it is that world. That's, that's a great way to take advantage of <clears throat> world building and making sure your world is somewhere that I, a character I, can I live. built the world first and I was like, oh man, it would be great to like have a detective story in this, ver- like, in this universe. I was like, but who would he be? A gruff dude? And I'm like, no, that's lame. It's like <laughs> a little shrimpy, ugly thing that everyone hates. All right, well, Doug, mm-hmm. you brought in the first four pages of Planet Without Christmas. Yes. Uh, tell us what's in it. Well, it's uh, the first scene of this is introducing the character of Captain Nicholas Spriggs on his ship. I uh, wanted to try and give you an idea of, like, what his job is without just having, like, the exposition crawl across the bottom of the screen. Like, this is the, you know, the SS-5071 whatever. Destination, RS-2, cargo, this. You know, like, I didn't want it to be, like, a cold science fiction opening, like the beginning of Alien or something like that. Right. Um, Which, like, works for that tone and that narrative right. style, with the, and with this the, is not with, it. With the uh, text across the screen. Yeah, 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 yeah. So without doing that, like, all right, how do I introduce the ship? How do I introduce the concept of the artificial intelligence, or rather virtual intelligence that is talking to Nick? How do I introduce his personality, and also that it's Christmas and you're in outer space? You know, and that you're going to this weird capitalist uh planet and uh that he is good at his job but like we said before the deck is stacked against him as being like a small time freighter so trying to get all that stuff across in the first few pages this was my this is obviously my first pass i feel like it runs a little long i don't know i don't write scripts so i feel like my input is not even less valid like i have i have much less experience dealing with no just just uh, i think that's a valuable viewpoint as well because I, I, mean, I, 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 I don't, have, I don't I, write prose, so you know, I have, like you I take no my advice. <laughs> I have no idea how it, if it runs long or not. I mean, it was a breeze to read. Everything flowed and made sense. I even just reading the script, I could tell what was going on. Yeah, which, really, is, the, which is what a script is supposed to do, right? Yeah, and there's all right. There's there's not great. much. That's the thing. There really, <laughs> it's only like the first four pages. There's really not much you could tell me because it's like I don't know if that's a setup and a payoff for later because it's it's literally yeah, like I mean, the first. You know, like, there's not a lot of story notes, right? But right. there, there, I, I've got some notes for mm-hmm. you. <clears throat> it sucks. No. <laughs> Number one, take it, throw it away. Never talk about it again. Small stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so on the first page near the top, uh, you say he crosses into the ship's mess deck carrying a half-wrapped present. Mm-hmm. And then it's followed by interior mess deck. Mm-hmm. It, it should be continuous. Oh, yeah, I was I was going to try to make those subheadings to make it flow better. But, yeah, you got it. Yeah, so. yeah, I mean, it just that's a small thing. Yeah. Also, the the exchange with Peter where he's offering him things goes on too long. Yeah. There's, there's, it's probably two beats too long, Yeah, I would say. And I do like that – I do like how it wraps up at the end. But I think he should 
before the resolution where he says no and like yells at him mm -hmm. and then he's like all right well maybe after we land i think before that there should be a beat where he's like i swear to god <laughs> like you know just just you shut up like 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 i will turn you off and then he offers him another thing yeah, yeah and then he's like yeah. no that's good yeah, well, yeah. okay maybe yeah. um because it just goes on for i think like i said about two beats too long mm -hmm. otherwise good you know I, I like that i this is a personal prejudice mm -hmm. i hate the word positronic Oh. I hate it. it. It's just... It's a bullshit I ha word. I, I had it's, to come it's just, it's, it's, it's do you, just do an you excuse know? not to say electronic. Yeah, but do you have a good science fiction -y word I can use with the letter P? It's a computer, right? Yeah. Because he has no physical it's like, it's, body. It Basically, it's like an operating system, really. So like, it's not the ship. Right. It, it's just the ship's operating system. Yeah. It's like, if it's, it'd be like the commercial system for like keeping inventory you know, on mm -hmm. a ship for, for, for moving items and so goods. So it's a point of sale system. Um, no, I mean, I guess it could in a pinch. No, it, it, it's more of an operating system. Yeah. yeah. I see what you're saying. Like, it's it's what you'd use for inventory. Yeah, it's like using a Qualcomm system on a truck. You're you right. know, like, it's it'd be like, okay, my inventory's here, I'm going here, this is when it's due, this is when it's whatever. It's almost like your personal assistant to be like, okay, you have this many tons of this material, it's due on this planet, I'll do the trajectory, and whatever. And calculate fuel exactly, and, exactly. and expense. Yeah. So let me get, let me get to the uh, Peter acronym here. Let me find it real quick. Okay, okay, yeah, it's positronic extraplanetary transportation equipment resource. How about personal? Yeah. Yeah. Personal extraplanetary. Because uh, that extraplanetary is done. Like, yeah, that's, right, that's, that's selling it. Yeah. yeah. Positronic. So right now it's positronic extraplanetary transportation equipment resource. If it's personal, et cetera. I think that really. It works. Still. That works, right? Yeah. And that could even be, then it would make even more sense if he has it like on a little handheld device later. Yeah, personal, you know, like po yeah. positronic is just, just it, you it's just a say word, the, yeah. the opposite of electronic. Mm -hmm. you know? That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Positrons instead of electrons, and that's pretty much it. I like I like where it's going. There was I had a note about when the advertisement starts playing, but I forgot it. Again, the goal not only to introduce you to the world and the characters, but also sort of the tone of the comedy of this. Like, I don't want him to come off as childish, and I realize like by, by the. Just a Peter. little, like a little flippant, though. Yeah, flippant. But like, I don't like. I, I after I'd finished writing it, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna bring this in. I was like, him being offered milk and cookies. That's a Santa Claus reference, but that yeah, you know, whatever. But someone could be like, what is this guy like? A, an adult man child? You know, like what's and he's like talking about toys and presents and like I didn't, mm -hmm. I don't want him to. Come you don't across, want to Vince Vaughn it. Not <laughs> even that. Like I don't want him to be like an immature. Like I want it to be that he is an adult. And he does have kids, but I don't think that's clearly come across no, with this. Yet. So that's I mean that's going to come across when he gets the phone call later when he's on he's on the plant delivering the stuff and he has to rush to go and like have dinner and stuff like that. But I wanted it to be that this guy has a sense of humor, doesn't take himself too seriously, mm -hmm. and that the jokes are fairly clean. You know, and he's not right. like like when he jumps out of warp and you can see that the planet's surrounding. He's not like oh fuck. He's more it's, yeah. you know it's, he's just like oh boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fa family friendly, but. Uh, this guy is an adult. He's not a doofus. You know? So, okay, the, the exchange where he says any ship over 41 meters in length is automatically placed in that category, and he's like, 41 meters? Is this a joke? We're yeah, only yeah, four, yeah. We're 42 meters. I think if you want to have that exchange, I think a good way to make him sound like Captain, specifically the kind of loose and fast one yeah. that he is, I think an exchange, I, what, what came to mind in my head is he's like, 41 meters. He's like, okay, this ship is X and X feet. What's that in meters? He's like, 42. He's yeah. Like, ah yeah. man. Yeah. Like, you know, just he's like, you got to be kidding me. You know, something like that, where it's it's still a conversation I, I, with the computer. I, I had considered that kind of thing, mm -hmm. but then I realized that in the future, wouldn't we all be on the metric system? You know, like I mean, you would I, think we'd all be on the metric system in the present. Now. Yeah, you'd think that. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a good argument. And the whole thing is, it's still a good joke. <laughs> the idea being, 
everything else is measured in like metric tons and you know mm-hmm. everything else it's like would he would he really would, would a captain of a ship not know the measurement of his ship in meters and in feet if you were still using both of them are you the captain of your car no, I'm a consumer who like. I don't know. Do you drive your car? I do, but I. But you, it's it's but, your car. I'm, but not, I, I, no, 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 I'm no, saying no. this not straight for, up. An operator and a driver is much different than a captain. The, yeah, the, my commercial business is not me driving my car. If it was, if it was, you, oh, I would know it if it was my job to drive to if deliver. I, if Dude, I, a truck driver knows how tall their truck is. Yeah, okay, I guess. But in meters. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. It's not labeled in meters yeah. on anything, so it, you wouldn't. Of course, you wouldn't know that in meters. But, but he would know it in, in meters Europe. If you have they would know, it. and in the Maybe, U.S. they know. Yeah, if it's a thing where like this isn't the first. They have, time to, they he's have been to know. New. They have to know the height, width, weight. They have to know everything. <laughs> I just think it's. I, I think it's a good. You could hang a lantern on how ridiculous it is that anybody's still on the standard system. You know what? Or I could. I could throw a monkey wrench to the uh, whole thing or, and be like, they, even, they, 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 they want it on. Like to make, even to the, make the, the planet more self-centered, it's they own anything over forty-one RS units. He's like, how how big is an RS unit? It's like one meter, and he's like, okay, so what? You know, like that could like that could or, come or, out. Or know? this planet is the is basically space America. Yeah, it's on the standard system. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. What's yeah. that in meters? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a good joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There could be a second joke where like, what can we cut off to make it like? Yeah, it's like, can we loot? Can I like? Does that include the landing gear? Or he could be like, he'd be like, all right, uh, is there anything on the tail or the front? Like, wasn't there an antenna we could lose? And it's like, you cut it off last time we had this issue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I forgot about that. No wonder, yeah. I've been, no wonder my reception's been terrible. No, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, would it, but was everything else? I mean, I described the scene last last week. Was it was Did the script at least make it clear the situation where vacation video, annoying, and then like ring around the planet? And, yeah, uh, I, I, think, I think one thing that I do feel a little let down by is that I would have liked to have heard about him wrapping the presents for his kids before they arrive. Mm-hmm. So you know that he's doing it for specifically for his kids. Yeah. I think that that'd be a good note. Cause then you're like, you know, the context, you know, that this dude is not, he doesn't live on this ship. Right. Right. Like, right. you know, if, he has a life, you know, out exactly. There. Just because it'll tell you more about that guy in the fastest moment that you know that this okay, is, yeah. this is something he, he has to return back to home. He's out there delivering. If, if something goes bad out here, it's a bigger risk because he can't just be like, yeah. well, this is my spaceship. You I, know? I, I, I did want to have that moment where he explains the wrapping to uh, mm-hmm. Peter. Peter's just like, you know, you're kind of wasting time. Like, why are you, why don't you use the, the modern wrapping? paper that like basically folds itself you know and he's just like oh no this is for my kids and i want them to experience you know christmas like this whatever so i i didn't i couldn't figure out a way to have that feel a little bit more natural as opposed to just kind of could it be fluffing out the scene could it be that he has to pick up the presents and what if his wife is like his manager like she's the one who manages like the manifest so she knows which would make like a family business it totally makes sense yeah like she knows what she's getting because he has to put it on the on the, uh, on the list. manifest or whatever. Yeah, on the manifest. Uh-huh. And the computer's just pointing that out. He's like, your wife, is, you know, she sets up the manifest. She, she knows what you're getting or why are you wrapping it? Yeah. Ooh, that's Something nice. Like that. That's nice. And he's like, that's not the point. Like, yeah, you he's don't, like, you don't, you don't understand get the it. point. You're a robot. <laughs> you're, you're a soulless uh, <coughs> machine that's trying to take over the universe. You know. I'm the only thing that stands. I, I, would, I, would, I would throw a joke where he's like, Pete, you're the, I'm the only thing that stands between you and taking over the universe. Don't screw with me. It's just like it's yeah. like uh, I'll shut you down. Like that, that having that kind of play humor between him and the or and, not robot and between because the it's not. A, I, I think because it's not a traditional science fiction story, it can exist in a world where science fiction has existed. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. And you can make referential jokes like that or subtle jokes. I like almost that had a I almost had a joke where because I remember like you can you can reference two thousand one. Yeah, I I actually it's funny you say it because I, I I almost had a joke where you remember last week I said oh yeah there's a joke where he enters the bridge and it plays silly music and whatever and he's like oh captain of the bridge it's all very like making yeah. fun of the you know the the fact that he's the only guy on the ship and that there is no crew. Um, I I had a moment where when he stepped onto the bridge it started doing that and he's just like. All right, give me a damage report and update. What are the Klingons doing? It's like, oh, nothing here, command. It's like it's, they started right. larping almost, like, and, and the bridge. But I'm like, that's going to get way too confusing. Yeah, and it's way too over the top, it's, silly. It's, it's and, you jerking off on the page. Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> just, it was just way it too. Is. It was as, that, that was me. That would be me trying too hard to make him funny. When instead, it's like, okay, he's got a, he's got a job to do. Let's get to right. work. Like we're dropping out of warp in thirty seconds. Like this is a guy who is funny normally. Yeah. So he's just doing his normal things. Yeah. and He's funny. And it's like, especially when you're about to drop out of warp to make delivery. Now it's not the time for fuckery. Like you know, right. it's like we take this serious at least some at some point. Now an- another very minor note is that she says fast pass to skip the major shipping line. He says we're not a major shipping service. Maybe different terminology. Just because it's major sounds very loose and maybe vague. commercial shipping service well, or yeah or just something just something very specific mm-hmm. because uh it, it could even be a made-up word class a or whatever exactly like, yeah, we yeah. are not a class a like that that yeah. something like that'd be perfect because when you say major that's it sounds subjective true yeah we're dealing with large ships you know like, right yeah yeah 42 meters that's all i had cool for you what about you liam do you have any thoughts i liked it i i'm i have this weird moment every time i read the script where i have to remind myself that i'm probably not going to get to see this <laughs> and then i guess thanks thanks for the vote of confidence and well no the only thing is like or even or i even, really want you to read dracula's or even or even or, or i won't like it's not like we're gonna get this done and then the first thing we're doing is like well we're gonna fucking find a camera and let's go man that's that's you know it's it's, it's funny you say that because the more i write a script i'm like why am i writing things that i can't shoot you know and that's why i wrote that thing with malachi i'm like Maybe one day we'll make this. Yeah. <laughs> like we can do it because it's only going to ma- get made if we do it. Nobody's right. going to give a shit about us until we make something. And also, right. Right. all right, uh, what I brought in is still, I think, probably the first half of the third chapter. Really? Okay. Yeah, probably. It, 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 we're going to spend a long time in that house. Just the ending is so good, though, right now for a chapter. Well, explain, explain, explain to the listeners. <coughs> like, right. are, you gonna, are you going to pad is. it out, or is, or is you going to go? Past it. Go past it. Oh, no. That's you, a think good I should, end of, you think I shouldn't pat it out? That's such a good end of a chapter. I might pat it out a little bit, but okay. May, I'll consider that's, it. I'm just, I'm I'll just saying. I'll consider it. Oh, and so like, in, in summary, what's, what's the chapter? The chapter is Malcolm has arrived in the jail cell, the makeshift jail cell in Kilvin's home, and is learning their language and getting used to the idea of being a prisoner and not knowing why to an alien species. And he and Kilvin have a couple exchanges where Kilvin is trying to set the groundwork of teaching him their language so that he can interrogate him. And Malcolm is trying to figure out why. So there you go. All right. What were your concerns? I remember last week because we were talking about, uh, you know, how do you make this like montage-ish but not really? Yeah, it needed it to be pacing. scenes. Yeah, 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 Like actual scenes. And I think that turned out really good. Oh, thanks. Well, yeah, know. I definitely I – d- I'm sure you can see I, w- I went with the suggestion that we all came up with. The idea that he was from space is kind of silly to them. Yeah. And they don't believe him. Yeah. But uh, try to try to do it a little less directly where it's like, I'm from space. I'm like, ha ha, that's ridiculous. You yeah. Know, they, instead, they're actually having a conversation where Kilvin's keeping the fact that he knows that it's a lie secret from Malcolm. Was, that was re- like once once they started talking, there was like there was a really great exchange. Yeah. Like I. I, I oh, good. Yeah. Like I. I uh, I'm worried that Kilvin feels. All right. I want him to feel a little stiff. Yes. Um, but I don't want him to sound wooden, you know, <laughs> like 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 he's not 
Like he has no actual emotion. He should, I, be, I want, he I, should be regimental. Right. But I, I, want, I want the fact that he is feeling actual emotions to come across and he's just keeping them back. But I don't know how that, how that well, I, I got how he felt about Malcolm. Like I pitied him and he felt bad for him. But at the mm-hmm. same time, he doesn't really know quite how to feel about him because he's, because he's uh, you know, a human and mm-hmm. don't really know what he's doing here. So like I, I, could, I could sense that he was having mixed feelings about how to handle it and that he – the deeper part of him did care about his well-being to a point and that he – didn't really enjoy the situation, but he felt like it was kind of his job to do it, like like it was sort of responsibility mm-hmm. rather. So I don't know. I was getting stuff from him. I think that's that. That might be what I want to get into next is that Malcolm starts asking questions. Yeah, where uh, Kilvin can kind of just lay the groundwork for like this is how things work here. This right. is the the civilization that you are in right now, and you may never leave because we can't afford we don't, yeah, we anybody don't know finding. Yeah, yeah, we can't afford anybody finding out where this is. Yeah. So I got I got two major things to say. One. The stuff you have on him learning the language, correct. Okay. Which is good. Might need to stretch it a bit. The time? Yeah. Or just even one or two more scenes where, like, you explain uh, yes, no, and kind of how, how the phonetics of it works. Two slightly more deeper discussions on that, even just, like, again, different scenes afterwards, I think could go a long way. Because there's a point where, like, I understand the concept of yes, no, and then verbs, and then no verb means the opposite. Right. And then the next page, they're talking. Okay, it's a little, a little quick. I mean, it still works. Do you think? Do I you th- think you could make it stronger. I thought. Of, I thought one of the ways of maybe addressing that would be to make Malcolm just have more difficulty during their conversation, but still having a way that, to get it across. That's another solution. Also, you're ta- you're talking about uh, uh, this only being half it. The ending right now is perfect. Okay, <laughs> because it ends on an idea. That changes the way that you view the rest of the story where you're quite certain at this point and Malcolm is quite certain and you're with him there um, from, at least from what I've read in the, in the journey we go that he is the only human. And then Kilf is like, no, you idiot. Like there are other people. There are other humans. I mean it seems like a great ending but I haven't read what you think the second half should be. Yeah, you know? that's, <laughs> that's, that's, But that's I'm, I'm just saying that's a, that's a huge plot point. That's a huge idea and that changes where the story can go. Like that's a, that's a pivot point. That's a story that's a point. pivot point. That's a good point. I, I think I would like to introduce the idea that Malcolm may never leave because they don't know – like nobody's going to kill him you know, to silence him. But they can't have him find out that their village is there. I really want to address that. Before chapter three ends, so I could put it earlier. Um, I think, I think maybe just one. You, I think you. Put I don't that know. Later. I, I, I need to find. You can put maybe, it later. Maybe because uh, it needs to happen after the original th- initial interrogation. After the, after the then you may, can't, maybe you can't. Well, may, take that too can, soon. Maybe you can just have it where he's like, "Look, you can't leave. No one can find out that we're here." And Malcolm is just like he's thinking, "Oh, well, he's the first time they're seeing me. They probably wonder if I'm part of an invasion." And he'd be like, no, "Look, look, I'm not here to." hurt anybody i don't know why i'm here blah 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 and kill could be like there's a lot of reasons why you could be here we're still trying to debate that figure that part out so like he, he, it, he, and, and like even what i wanted to cross is that kilvin might even believe malcolm thinks he's telling the truth right where he's like look you may not know why you're here but you are but here. somebody put you here yeah you're you know? here for a reason yeah, yeah. And, and i need to know that reason so maybe they'll show up for yeah. you and that's and, and and this entire time he doesn't talk about the other humans 
Malcolm just assumes that it's like, oh, he must think that I'm the only one, and maybe I'm the first of an invasion or something, and because mm-hmm. he doesn't know what the hell's going on. That's a good. That's a good point to bring up there. So, yeah. so he's like, I promise, I won't tell anybody. If I ever make it home, I won't tell anybody. And he's just like, what do you mean if you ever make it home? And I didn't like, come here in a spaceship. You know? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, not, yeah. Like, wh- where do you think you're going? You know, and he's like, well, I, I want to go home after this. Maybe you can help me find a way to get home. He's just like. I know where you live. You know, like, it's like, yeah. what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, the, the, well, I want to get across the thing. One of one of the problems I'm running into is that the Lokinen <laughs> in this script speak a variant of the language that Kilvin right. speaks. So the language Malcolm is speaking is alien to him. Mm-hmm. So I would think Kilvin would assume that he's from a different tribe. Yeah, yeah, because there are different tribes, and like when when he eventually gets to human culture, they have stories about how they've warred with different tribes and fought them and stuff like that. Kilvin's never met any of them. And also his clothes would be very strange and probably even the posture. Like the way he carries himself might mm-hmm. be very odd. If this happened, the default assumption, if you were Kilvin, would be that this kid is from a different tribe of humans in the one we've, ones we've met. Doesn't dress the same, doesn't act the same, talks a different language, doesn't know why he's here. We don't know why he's here. Clearly can't survive in the woods. Yeah, so their village must be much closer to ours than, than we, we assume. Than we assume. Because no one's, no one's going to throw a child into the woods. yeah. Like or, unless this child did something culturally significant, you know? yeah, or ran away, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I guess I just wanted to talk so, through. So that it a could be bit. a thing. Like, did you run away? Why did you run, like? Why did you run away? I want Kilvin to establish that Malcolm isn't a threat and can go through the village, but is not allowed out. That of the village, yeah, right. He can he can be under Kilvin's care within the village. He's like, and also you'll never outrun us in the woods, right? We'll like, find you. you. you we yeah. found you the first time. We'll find you again. And also I need scenes where – I think I've got some good scenes where Malcolm wakes up in the night and he finds the children practicing the moves that Kilvin taught them. Kilvin giving instructions and like philosophy and things like that and then bedtime stories where they where he talks about the monsters and their fables and myths and stuff. And Malcolm just listening, becoming ingrained in their culture and learning how to do things. Like I think maybe they might give him a job that he has to do out in the – In the village or whatever. Like in, in, the, the, in the village uh, because he is – physically robust compared to them you know like they're they're small and fast they don't have the range of motion that he does you already mentioned the the fact that the clothes don't work on the hips right right which i like because that's a small is that an okay moment like that's a small it's a a small detail that lets you know things are different Mm -hmm. that they are that they are that physically different did you maybe have a moment where if the village needs to change their perception of him i mean this is a little cliche so whatever but like if there was like a fire one night and he's out and he's free and he like is able to do something to stop a fire from spreading and they're like oh man we couldn't have done that you know maybe you're okay you know i I, 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 not that but i see right. i see what you mean i would That's a good, I, I would, I would almost well. say um also it'd be great if he got better fitting clothes eventually like they realized like That's, oh yeah. your hips your the idea where he could probably squat weight that yeah. they would find impossible it's I probably think, very robe like very baggy oh you your legs do weird yeah. things yeah well i was thinking um it's very easy to to do that if the season starts to change and he's like i'm really cold <laughs> like they 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 their clothing is is minimal. It's mainly to hold stuff on them, hold stuff on them, and to work his armor with like boiled leather and, and that kind of thing. But if Malcolm's like, I don't have fur, I'm cold. They'll just be like, Oh, well, fine. Like we'll make leather stuff for you. Something I just realized. Uh, you say one of the mornings he wakes up and he feels like the fur against his face from the carpet that mm-hmm. he's on. I don't remember if you specified what that animal was. I didn't. Yeah, so it's like for thinking back on it now, I'm like, I know this is not what you meant, but someone could mistake it for – what is that like? 
are they cannibals? Like, what the fuck? Like, they eat oh, each other? That's a good idea. Yeah, it's okay. Like, or just like yeah. the, if it's like the fur of like a large, looks kind of like it used to be a pig or a bear. Or, or, you know, was, some, or was striped. Yeah, just some, something right. different. Some, yeah, so, not fox hair. Right. right. Something that's just like, if he looked at the rug that he was on, it's like, this is some kind of large beast because it's like the entire floor or something. Like, I don't know what this was. Maybe it was like a bear. But That could, that could solve the, the clothing issue, too, because... When he gets cold, he's just wearing like leather breeches. Yeah, yeah. And he could wrap that around himself for warmth when it gets you know nighttime. And Kilvin's like, "Huh? Let me, let me cut some holes in that." You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a bear robe, kind of like uh, what's the, in, in the Revenant where he gets the the bearskin around him, mm-hmm. but without being mauled first. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we get, you guys gave me a decent amount to think about. I think I can move forward from that. Yeah, I really. Appreciate I mean, it. Um, thing going forward is. That I want to say is like keep to those small details. I ate that shit uh, up. The father thing after the language yeah. is a bit of an afterthought. What'd you guys think about that? Liked it. Me the mentioning like I wonder if my dad. This is what my dad was like. Don't. Yeah, it did feel a little out of nowhere. It wasn't it, bad. It definitely was. I I, I yeah. pretty much pasted it there. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I yeah. didn't know where to put it. Um, because I was. You can maybe do a little bit more work to develop into it. Well, it's it's not it's, it's, it's been a long time since I read the first and second chapters. Uh huh. So. I didn't remember, like, exactly what you'd said about the dad, other than that he obviously wasn't currently there. I did not mention that he was in jail. Right. As far as I remember, which was I, – I didn't really want to bring it up until it became relevant. And I think if Malcolm's also in you jail, can. Yeah. that's relevant. That that's would be, when yeah, you can. That yeah. would be a relevant point to bring it up. And I'm not saying you need to bring it up earlier. It was just that having not read the first and second chapters in so long and not really mentioning his dad, like, at all mm-hmm. – I wonder if the impression was, oh, he's just a deadbeat dad. He's just not there. But suddenly saying that, okay, no, he's in – like – is the idea that he that Malcolm knows he's currently sitting in jail, yes. or is it that okay? Because it's like there may be something that you could say earlier that doesn't mean jail, but like they know where his dad is. He's just never here, yeah. as opposed to he's in the wind. You know, like it, there. That's the impression I got, even though I know what you were. I know. I put, I put that his going. dad's. I think I put that his dad's not around. But I think that you're right. In just the to say that. Oh, he's not around. That's like. Oh well, is he going to be around sometime? Or mm. like, but if you say. Like, Oh, if you say, oh, my dad's it, never around. Make it less like, that it seems like he might be dead. Right. Or rather that Don't he's, allude that he's, there, yeah. Or rather that he's not, he's not a deadbeat dad. Like, yeah, if, or, if, well, I mean, he, or he's just not in the picture. Or like, just, like, if, you or, say, if you say he's not in the picture, that seems like he's not coming back. Yeah. And also that's a euphemism for, because if he's dead, he passed. Exactly. If he's not in the picture, there's a, that there, means. There's a disconnect. There's a complicated story that he doesn't really fully or understand. Even just the throwaway line, like, you know, oh, I'm not going to. If dad ever wanted to see me, I'm just too hitting the nail on the head. But it's just like the idea of like somehow referencing that they know where he is, but there's no chance of seeing him. Right. Like that would get that point home. So when it comes across there, it's not like it's just like a blindsided, like out of nowhere kind of thing. I think one of the things. uh, Still works though. I've got a few moments that I want to put in there where Malcolm is coming to terms with the fact that his dad is not a good person. Right. But, and I don't really want to introduce them early. You know, I, I want it to be a, a slow thing. Like, like when, he meets, should... when he meets the humans, he wants to have conversations. Like, my father was like this. What's your father like? He's like, I don't know. He. Uh, this is later when he meets the humans, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and the king is like, you know, my father was a jerk. He tells him the story about this, and he's like, tell me about your father. He's like, no, he's in, he's in jail. He's, you know, he's a prisoner. He's like, what did he do? He's like, I don't know. My mom won't tell me. My, yeah. He's like, nobody will tell me. Everybody really gets uncomfortable when I talk about it. Which probably means it's bad. Right. I understand and, and, that that's and, bad. He goes, and um, I know that my mom doesn't have any pictures of him around, and there's no pictures of me with him. So he's like, so I think she probably threw them out. You know, now, like that, that you don't have thing. to say, 
you don't have to tell us, but do you know why he's in jail? Yes. Okay. I, I don't think I want to address it yeah. in the book because it's not really important. And like, also it's very difficult for Malcolm to find that out while he's in the situation that he is. Yeah, he won't find it out. I think between books one and two, his mother will yeah. have told him, but I don't want to... There's nothing to do with this story. There's nothing yeah. to do with the story. It has to do with Malcolm, uh, the fact that what it's like to be a kid and people are treating you a little too gently with information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I want to get across is that kids are tougher than we think. Cool. Again, he's going to kill people. He's going to do... He's going to... Yeah. He, he's he, going to do some brutal stuff. He's going to do some brutal stuff. He's going to do some brutal stuff. stuff and he's like, he has to do. And yeah, and he's like, he's like, I wonder if this is why, this kind of thing is why my dad is in jail. And I think... Did he do something like, I just did a bad thing. Is right. that, how bad is it? If I'm what? capable of doing it. Well, I think, I think at the end... <clears throat> am, I my, am I my father's son? Right. I think, I think at the end, when he, he fights back against the bully, his mom overreacts, and he puts two and two together, and he's like, yes. my dad did something very violent. And, you know... I, and, and, I cannot be violent And anymore. that's the moment that gives him the, the throughput to his mother when they're in the car later, and he's like, hey, listen, don't worry. that's not what's thing I just want to let you know that I appreciate you you know like that kind of thing like I think that that could be a good moment where he finally makes a connection where he doesn't know exactly what his father did but he gets that it was bad and it was violent but it's different with him because he in that moment he had perfect control and he wasn't even angry yeah yeah so and his ability overstepped his goal. Yeah, and when he, to him it and was as a soon non-issue. as it's over, and he's like, it was, "Oh, it was a non-issue." And, oh. and, and in his in his action, he spares this kid. He, yeah. took, he takes pity on him. Yeah, in in a in a perfect all right, issue solved. Yeah, yeah. He's, and he's, he's like, "Oh, this is just somebody's." But kid. It, but but in modern day school, it's I, like, I am, "How dare yeah, you?" Yeah. You know? I, he's like, "I am not threatened anymore." Yeah, I am safe here. Yeah. So I think that's what I'm going for currently. It may change along the way. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm already interested and excited to see what happens in this book because it's supposed to be a series. Yes. How you use information and skills he learns in this story to be the strengthening characterization in the next. I've got – a whole um, list of plans. I mean, like, but that, that's <laughs> that's that's something I'm I'm, I'm super excited mm-hmm. for because Malcolm right now as a character is likable because he's a fish out of water, mm-hmm. and then you can continue having him be a fish out of water. But through every skill set, through every adventure, guess it's time for this again. <laughs> See, here's the difference between <laughs> All right. Liam reading what I write and Liam reading what you write. When he reads with something that you write, he doesn't end it by saying, "You know, I wonder if I'm ever going to actually read this thing when it's done." <laughs> Yours involves more people. <laughs> I yeah. know. I'm just, I'm just joking. <laughs> and and way more money. And yeah, way, way more money. If money. I yeah. had, if I had, it's out, out 10, of my control. I'm to be saying, honest. Like, if I had, if I had ten million dollars, yeah, you would just slide it right. Oh over. my god, just to see it. Yeah, on the Even Hallmark if it channel? be so funny. Anyway, all right. So enough about our bowls. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So now we are at the bad story trailers part of the podcast. We're going to roll the dice. Three times. I'm going to start and find our genres. Let's see this. 23. Gangster. All, All right. right. Literature that focuses on gangs, criminal organizations, which provide a level of organization and resources that support much larger and more complex criminal transactions than an individual criminal could achieve. Gangsters are the subject of many movies, particularly in the period between 1930 and 1960. All right. Fair enough. And 1920. I mean, there's a lot of 1920s yeah. gangster stuff. 31. 31. Contemporary fantasy. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Explain okay. the contemporary fantasy again, because I think we had that once before. All right, so we've done this one before. It's a subgenre of fantasy set in the present day. The, these are used to describe stories set in the putative real world, 
often referred to as consensus reality in contemporary times. Yeah, or uh, Dresden Files. Yeah. Well, I think that's even or even further su- back. Supernatural. Supernatural, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Harry Potter. Yeah. We world neverwhere. Uh, in which magic and magical creatures exist, either living in the interstices of our world or leaking over from alternate worlds. Fantasy gangsters sounds fucking awesome. Or gangsters fighting minotaurs. What if a fa- okay? Sorry, I, I'm gonna, I'm yeah, gonna oh, say we gotta see what the last one. Yeah, the last, we gotta uh, see what the last one is before I before I pitch that right. idea that I think is great. Fifty four. I think we got fifty four. Fifty four. Fifty four. What? Giant monster. <laughs> oh! nah. All right, we're doing it. Yeah, <laughs> a story about a giant monster. Dig it up. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta explain it's giant monster. Big enough to destroy buildings. Some such stories are about kaiju. Two, some such stories about two giant monsters fighting each other. A genre known as kaiju in Japan. All right. So, well, what were you gonna say before the, the giant monster showed up? Is what if it was like Wanted, where there's a a fantasy reality that lives in the interstices of yeah. our reality, and a group of like magical gangsters get up, you know, you know what? We could take over this whole place. Screw it. I'm tired of hiding in, in the dark and like hops over. And it's like, all right, we're setting up shop. We're going to set up a criminal enterprise. We're going to teach criminals little magic tricks. I like the idea of teaching criminals magic tricks and making a mafia out of that. Yeah. Where does the giant monster show up? <laughs> That's a good question. That could just be their end game. Hmm. Oh, or what if the movie is about these criminals that want to do this and set this up and create a criminal empire, but the fact that they crossed over allows, like, a monster, a giant through. monster to come through, and they're the <coughs> only people... Who know how to do magic. ...who can do anything to, to even stop it, so they have to end up becoming the heroes, even though they're like, ah, we're seedy sons of bitches. We're I like all that. these suckers. I like that. What's we the got, movie? We got a What's name? the name? Big Trouble in Little Fantasy. So what... Uh, nicknames for Chicago is... Uh, the Windy City. The City of Big Shoulders. Here's okay. So, <clears throat> what's the list say? It's the Windy City, Second City, Chi Town, Chicago oh, Land, sucks. <laughs> City of the Big Shoulders. I like Second City and Hog Butcher. Hog Butcher for the world. I was thinking, what if we call it Second Second City? Hog Butcher. Uh, of there's. The world. I, I think Second Second City is a great idea. We can do better. Though. The Second City Gang. What would what would the fantasy city in Chicago be called? But it's not really in Chicago, though, because they have to. You know what I'm saying? Like, there yeah, can't be that many but I mean, it, but it around. is. They're the only ones there. But I mean, the the there is a physical location. You just can't get to it. It's a pocket. There's a bunch more. Beirut by the lake. <laughs> Shy city, city by the lake, city in a garden, city on the make, great commercial tree, heart of America, my kind of town, Paris on I, the. I actually like my kind of town. Yeah, I do too. Paris on the Prairie, Sweet Home, That Toddling Town, The Big Onion. <laughs> I like that one, too. The Big Onion. The Black City, The Shy, The the Chill, or Shy Ill. Oh, yeah, Chicago, Illinois. Shy Ill. Mm. The City Beautiful, The City That Works. It's also Orlando. Weird. The Great State of Chicago, The Jewel of the Midwest, The Third Coast, Shiberia. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> the Cogs and Chirac. My kind of town is more like something a gangster would say. Yeah. yeah. So our kind of town, we all agree? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, okay. We, we, we convened privately. That's yeah, what we're changing. This is our kind of town. Our kind of town. It's somebody who hops through a magical dimension gets there and is like, oh, yeah. This is our kind I of also town. like how we immediately decided Chicago was the location. Well, it's a gangster it is, movie. Yeah. <laughs> A, a lot of them are still set in New York and New Jersey, though. Yeah, it's true. Well, especially New Jersey. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Low taxes, comparatively. Mm-hmm. Our kind of town. Our kind of Let's town. Let's do it. 
There is a world beneath our own where magic lives and breathes. I'm telling you guys, I got through. I found the way. Impossible. Come on. The Guardians would have killed you. Oh, yeah? Then how did I get this? Yids, tits, be careful! And ain't nobody over there what's got the touch. Nobody? How do they know who's wearing a false face? Without the touch, there is no false face. That's what I'm saying! It's a whole world full of suckers! But they are about to find out why the barrier between their world and ours is so heavily guarded. What the hell is that thing? It's Thirt, the fire giant. Oh, it's tearing the city apart! Where's the Praetorians? They're on the other side of the barrier. Someone's got to bind it. Ah, damn it! I did not cross over to be a hero. Get a piece of the action in our kind of town. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Bad Storytellers, now presented by Nerdy Show. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes, like and follow us on SoundCloud and Audioboom, or subscribe and stream us from Google Play. I've been your host, Josh LaForge, and I'd like to thank my writing group again, Doug Banks, Liam Malone, and Max Wessel. Now remember, as listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network, and there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow to find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming. Visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. And be sure to follow Nerdy Show and Bad Storytellers on all your favorite social networks. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. I like the idea of them coming up with names like the 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 guy uh, has to wear a scarf over his mouth because his mouth is inhuman, and they're like, "Like, what's his deal?" And it, it's like, "Oh, that's uh, that's Jimmy." Uh, he got uh, the herpes. <laughs> <laughs>